low-key and pathetic. Come on, church. Hallelujah. Oh, God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. And his mercy endureth forever and forever and forever. I just want to say to begin with, to God be the glory. How many of you love the Lord? I said, how many of you love the Lord? The Bible tells us we love him because he first loved us. The Bible tells us he that is forgiven much loveth much. And guess what? I've been forgiven a whole bunch. And so therefore, tell him I'll call him later. Hallelujah. And so therefore, I love him much. To God be the glory. I want to say that I love and appreciate your pastors. How many love and appreciate Pastors Rusty and Pastors Leo? Amen. I hope I get to live on their street in heaven. Amen. The first time I met him about 70 years ago, I was preaching in wartime Texas, and I was doing the Monday night, the Monday, Sunday, Sunday, Monday, they were doing Tuesday and Wednesday. I met these guys. I said, I like this couple. How many of you like this couple? Not just like them, but I love them. Oh, God is good. God is good. Now, many of you I know, you're friends, but many of you I don't know. You say, who in the world is this guy? Who in the world is this easygoing, soft-spoken, calm, sedate, quiet, low-key Presbyterian. <laughs> well, I'm a spirit being having a human experience. And I'm living in heaven while on earth. Amen. I'm a child of God. I'm a son of God. I'm an heir of God. I'm a joint heir with Christ Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. I'm a gate stormer. I'm a giant slayer. I'm a full-time frontline fanatical freedom fighter. Hallelujah. I'm wrapped up. I'm tied up. I'm bounded up in the everlasting arms of my great God. Hallelujah. And I'm not taking no for an answer. Hallelujah. <laughs> the best is yet to come. Hallelujah. Now, you look good this morning. Why don't you turn to somebody, look at them, and tell them, even if you've got to tell them in faith. Tell them, say, you look good today. Come on, tell them, say, you look good today. Hallelujah. Oh, God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. God is so good. Aren't you glad the Lord is in this house? He's here. Come on, say that. He's here. Say it again. He's here. And because he is here, whatever you need, he is. Whatever you need, he has. And whatever you need, he can do. He is in this place right now. Do you believe that? Shout, uh-huh. He's here. He's here. Who's here? The man from the station is here. He said, do what? I said, the man from the station is here. Now, many years ago, my son and myself were out snow sledding. Do you do that here in Galveston? That's right. We're going down the hill time and time and time again. Finally, my son, he was up five years of age at the time. He said, Daddy, I can do it by myself. I said, no, we better do it together. He said, but Daddy, I'm a big boy. I'm a big boy. I'm a big boy. So I gave in. I put him on the sled again with my push off the top of the hill. He was going down the hill just smiling so happy. I mean, just full of joy and speak up and full of glory going down, 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 down the hill. And all of a sudden that sled started veering more and more and more to the left. And all of a sudden it hit a fence post. 
and I heard it when it broke. No, not the fence post, but his leg. And I ran down to the bottom of the hill with the weeping, the wailing, the gnashing of teeth. I ran and I picked him up and, and I knew his leg was broken. And I, and I went to the hospital, called his mama. I said, we're at the hospital. She said, what have you done now? <laughs> and sure enough, it was broke. And so I got him home. I put him in front of the fireplace. Got him something nice and warm to drink, some good hot chocolate. I said, buddy, how's it going? He said, oh, daddy, it hurts, it hurts, it hurts. Daddy, pray, pray, pray. And I prayed a good prayer, a good faithful prayer. I prayed a good Pentecostal prayer. Come on now. Somebody said, Pentecost, yes. Somebody asked the question, if you weren't Pentecostal, would you be? I'd be ashamed. Come on now. <laughs> but I prayed a good old prayer, a good old Pentecostal prayer. I came back about 15 minutes later. I said, buddy, how's it going? He said, oh, daddy, pray again. It hurts. It hurts. It hurts. I said, now, buddy, we've already prayed, but we've got to wait for the manifestation. He said, when's it coming? I said, who? He said, it, when, when's the man from the station coming? Come on out. I got a word for you. The man from the station is here right now, and Jesus is his name. Aren't you glad of that? What's his name, church? Jesus. Come on, say it again. One more time. Jesus. Now, we're talking about awakening. It's time to wake up. Beloved, it's time to wake up. Everybody shall wake up. Some of you just got up. It's time to wake up. It's time to wake up and remember what the Lord has done for you. How many of the Lord's done some great things for us? We need to wake up and remember what the Lord has done for us. Don't give up, but wake up. Don't give up, but double up. Don't give up, but look up. It's time to wake up. We need to wake up and remember what God has done for us. Now, I've got some notes, but I'm going to change gears, if that's okay. Don't do it your way, but it what? Yahweh. Yahweh. Hallelujah. <laughs> but remember, it's time to wake up and remember what God has done for you. Now, Brother Eddie Turner is talking about the past. No, Brother Sam was talking about the past. It's been Brother Eddie Turner. I feel like John the Baptist. When John the Baptist says, behold, the greater one is coming next. Hallelujah. But I remember what God has done for me. Now, my mom and my dad were full gospel, Pentecostal, Holy Ghost, saints of the Most High God. But I was a heathen. I was a heathen. You Google heathen, there's my picture right there. I was a heathen. From the time that I was, some of you know my testimony, but I'll share my story for his glory. From the time that I was nine to the time that I was 20, I was arrested 45 times. In and out of juvenile centers, detention centers, reform schools, city jails, county jails. As a teenager, I served time twice in the state penitentiary. My life was definitely a mess. And here was, it was on a Sunday night, I'll never forget, it was March the 5th, 1972, almost 50 years ago. I was at the bottom of the bottom. My life was a mess, Brother Eddie. I'm talking about my mind was all burnt out, Susan and fried, a crispy critter. I'm talking about I was going down, down, down. Here was a young man, and I've been to the penitentiary before as a teenager, and I was getting ready to go back the second time to the penitentiary, facing 40 years. 
I didn't want to receive that report. Come on now. I mean, my life was a mess, but thank God I had a Holy Ghost mama and a Holy Ghost daddy that wouldn't give up on me. I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I'd hear my mama just a hickamo shine. Come on now. Oh, and I knew what she was doing. But here was on this Sunday night at my wit's end. Has anybody ever been at your wit's end before? That's biblical. And so... Here was, and God supernaturally brought me to the house of God. Now, I was a mess. I was a mess. What were you? I mean, before I got saved, I was a mess. I was an alcoholic. I was worse than that. I was a drug addict. I was worse than that. I was a registered Democrat. Come on now. <laughs> lighten up, lighten up, lighten up. Come on now. <laughs> but that night I went down to the altar. I don't know how I got down there. Because all that Sunday afternoon, the Holy Spirit was saying to me, without Jesus, you're nothing. Without Jesus, you'll never amount to anything. You need Jesus. I said, I need something. Come on now. All afternoon, the Spirit of God was saying to me, without Jesus, you're nothing. Without Jesus, you'll never amount to anything. You need Jesus. I said, I need something. And so that night, I was riding around town with my three best friends, Tommy, Houston, and Malcolm. Well, whatever happened to Tommy Houston and Malcolm? Well, Tommy, who was my next-door neighbor growing up, he played lead guitar with a group called Sticks. But I got something better than Tommy. Malcolm, he's serving life, you know, without parole for three murders, ripping off guys for the drugs and the money. And uh, Houston overdosed on drugs in 1974, died, and went to hell. But I got something better. Why? Because I got Jesus. Amen. That Sunday night, I came into the house of God, and, and I sat down on the back row. You can tell us about coming up Pentecostal on the back row. I sat down. As soon as I sat down, the pastor said, everybody stand. Everybody stand. Well, he didn't say it like that. You ever heard those old-time Pentecostals that had a respiratory problem? Come on out. Every sentence said five glories and ten hallelujahs. Glory to God. He said, everybody stand. Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Glory to God. And so I stood up, you know. I sat down. He has to stand up. And uh, I stand up, you know. He said, uh, everybody just bow your head and close your eyes. And so in respect, I bow my head and close my eyes. He said, everybody look up. I said, my God, what's with this man? You know, I sit down. He has to stand up. He said, bow your head and close your eyes. And he says, everybody look up. He said, everybody, he just hold on, hold on. Trust me, I was holding on. I was holding on that pew as tight as I could. My God, whoa, hold on. And he said, he says, I don't know. He said, hi, glory to God. He said, we've already had a time tonight. People have been saved and healed and filled and thrilled and blessed. But I feel there's one more. There's one more. He was pointing in a general direction, but guess what? He was pointing me. Have you ever felt the finger of conviction? Yeah. <laughs> he said, but I feel there's one more. You're all mixed up. You're all goofed up. Your life was a mess. He said, whoever you are. I said, you know, it's me. You're pointing right at me. My God, my God, my God. He's pointing right at me. He said, whoever you are, it's me, it's me, it's me. He said, ah, glory to God. <laughs> he said, I don't know who you are. Mm. He said, uh, he had that, uh, mm. he said, whoever you are, I feel little of the Lord to say something to you tonight. Without Jesus, you're nothing. Without Jesus, you're never a mountain. You need Jesus. 
Now when he said that, I don't know if I got him, started walking down the aisle, or an angel picked me up and kind of threw me down the aisle. Next to me, I was across that altar. Good brother. But I was across an altar. And I began to pray the only way I knew how to pray. Now my little mom was an old-time, old-line, full gospel Pentecostal saint full of the Holy Ghost and the Word of Faith. Because Brother Hagin used to come out of church back in those days. And, and here was it. My little mama, she's old-time Pentecostal. I mean, and mama prayed like this. She said, oh, God, oh, God. You ever heard those before? Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And she'd get happy and start jerking. I tried one time and hurt my neck so quick. Come on now. <laughs> and she said, oh, God, oh, God. And so then he said, that you come on down this altar. Well, guess what? He had everybody stand but everybody stood but two people. Who was it? It was my daddy. He was sitting in the second row. And my mama, she was around this curved, curved altar. And she was over here praying, what? Oh, God, get hold of my boy. Oh, God, get hold of my boy. Oh, God, get hold of my boy. Well, mama didn't see me go down there. Daddy didn't see me going in there. But when I hit that altar, about that time, 35 to 45 saints, they gathered around about me. They started binding this and loosening this, rebuking this and casting out that. I'm talking about I was down trying to get right with God or something. I don't know what I do. It is something. And all of a sudden, those saints, they were doing their calisthenics on me. One had me under the throat, shaking my throat, saying, Give it up, give it up, give it up. And I was like, You give it up. Come on in. One of this side was saying, Just hang on. One of this side, Let go. Hang on. Let go. Let go. I said, what do we do? Hang on, let go. Somebody said, just do it both. Come on now. And about five or ten behind me, give me a Pentecostal rub down the back. Come on now. Have you been there before? Woo! But when I finally got up the floor about 35 or 45 minutes later, guess what? I was a child of God. I was a new creation in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah! And not only did he wash away the sins of my life, but I was bound by all kinds of stuff. I was bound by all kinds of drugs and alcoholism, garbage and junk and yuck and trash and filth and slime and mess. He set me free and also he healed my body. I mean, as a teenager, I had Jonathan hepatitis C. I had all the distant vertebrates on my back. I was in constant pain. Why is that? Because I totaled out seven cars and two motorcycles and plus... I was from Alabama. I used to say, hey, y'all watch this. Come on now. <laughs> but he healed me in Jonathan Hepatitis C. He healed my back and had two gunshot wounds. And my Lord laid the wound healed, but God healed me. I've been shot and stabbed and left for dead. Woo, I got two words for you. But God, <laughs> but God, but God. Hallelujah. Well, anyhow, that was on a Sunday. Hallelujah. My life got turned around. He got a hold of me. And it wouldn't let go. Well, the next morning was Monday. Everybody shout Monday. Monday. I woke up with heaven on my mind. Well, the next day was Tuesday. It comes after Monday. And what was happening today? I was going to court. I was going to court and I was facing 40 years for five felony charges. On the way down to court, I was in the back seat of my mom and dad's car. The Lord said, tell the truth. I said, I don't want to tell the truth. He said, tell the truth. I said, I don't want to tell the truth. He said, tell the truth, for the truth will set you free. I said, no, it'll lock me up. <laughs> and I said, they can't prove diddly on me anyhow. Well, when I got to the courtroom about half the size of the saints were here, I looked up toward the front, and there was policemen and deputies and detectives. And there were two guys I thought, were good old homeboys. 
there were state narcotics agents. Oh, Friends of mine, I thought. I said, maybe I am going up that creek. Come on now. <laughs> and so I said to my attorney, I said, um, I said, why don't you talk to the DA and see if I can get a deal? He said, he don't like you. I mean, trust me, I'm likable. <laughs> but he don't like you, though. He would say, why would the district attorney of Montgomery County, Montgomery, Alabama, not like you? Well, the first time I was sent to prison, I was mean, nasty, raunchy, corrupt, evil, wicked, and vile. And those are my good points. <laughs> I've been sentenced to prison. I was walking by the DA, and guess what? I decided to <laughs> spit in his face. At that time in my life, I never read the book by Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Come on now. He don't like you. I said, well, talk to him anyhow. My attorney's name was Elno. Not Elmo, but Elno. <laughs> Elmo's on Sesame Street. Elno's a lawyer. I said, well, just talk to him. Just talk to him. Just, just ask him what he can do for me. Come on now. And so he comes back and says, this must be your lucky day. Honey, it wasn't luck, it was favor. Woo, already I was walking the favor of God. How many of you are walking the favor of God? That's the F-O-G, the fog. Amen. I'm walking in the fog. What's the forecast for today? Heavy fog. Come on now. He said, if you'll plead guilty, they'll take the 40 years and drop it down to 10 years. I'm not, that's a lot better. Come on now. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's good. And uh, so my case was called on the first case on the docket that morning. And so I went before the judge at the same judge that seen me in prison before. He said, is there anything you want to say before I pass sentence on you? And back in those days, Brother Martin, I couldn't talk right. All I could say was, yeah, wow, heavy, far out. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I couldn't tell her. And of all things, guess who I married? I married an English major. <laughs> she said, baby, your grammar's the pitch. Yeah, but we're saved by grace and not by grammar. Come on now. <laughs> and so he talked to the DA and the senators that agreement with the other 10 years. He says, is there anything you want to say before I pass sentence on you? I said, no, man, that's cool. That's all right. He picks up the gavel. I said, wait a minute. He said, what? I said, well, Judge, there's someone to say. He said, what? I said, I'm a different person now than I used to be. Now I'm a different person when I got arrested last, when I came before the courts last. She said, what do you mean? And all of a sudden that anointing started rising up. That greater one started rising up. I don't know what to say. I used to be quiet, timid, shy, bashful, an ultra introvert. I said, but Sunday night I went to church and Jesus got a hold of me and he won't let go. He came down with that gavel. He said, let's have a 15-minute recess. Found that lady, he was a Christian. Later, we were paying good friends. He went back and prayed. The Lord said, he said, leave him alone. He belongs to me now. He came back out there. He said, you know, I was going to give you 10 years, but I believe there's been a change in your life. I'm going to drop it down to 13 months. How many 13 months is better than 10 years? It's a whole lot better than 40 years. Come on now. And so I was being escorted out of the courtroom. And guess what? This time the DA was on the other side of the courtroom coming out. And that day was taken from the courtroom to the county jail later that afternoon to the state penitentiary. I was placed in a little cell by myself. No sheets, no blankets, no pillows, a little cell. I sat down. There's nowhere to go. I sat down and all of a sudden I heard a voice. Well, that was unusual. Before I got saved, I heard all kinds of voices. <laughs> 
but I heard a voice saying, look under the mattress. I said, for wood. He said, look under the mattress. I said, for wood. He said, just look under the mattress. And I got off that bunk and I picked up that mattress. I saw something there. I pulled it out. It was a big old giant praying King James red lettered New Testament. It was covered with duct tape. Come on now. <laughs> Thank God for duct tape. Amen. I never read it in my life. Mama did, daddy did, but I never did. And I sat down the bunk, you know, and I was holding that big old giant print New Testament. And I, I was bearing witness. This is good. This is good. I need this. This is good. This is good. This is good. But you see, my mind was sizzling and burnt out, fried, warped. As I said, a crispy critter. And I just held it. And all of a sudden, that still small voice said, why don't you begin to read it? I said, yeah, that's good. I said, but where do I start? He said, start at the beginning. And where's that? That's Matthew. He said, start at the beginning. I said, yeah. At the beginning, that's Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. And I turned to Matthew chapter 1, verse 1 and started to read. And so-and-so began so-and-so. And so-and-so began so-and-so. You can't pronounce those names either. Come on now. And so-and-so. And I said, oh, God. He said, skip it. Come on now. And I dropped down to verse number 18. And in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, I read all the way to Revelation 22, 21. I went back and read it again the second time, the third time, the fourth time, the fifth time. I read the entire New Testament through five times. Well, are you ready, Brother Eddie? Are you ready? And when I finished reading, guess what? He healed my mind. Oh, I got the mind of Christ. I'm spiritually minded. Hallelujah. I got a blessed mind. I got power, love, and a sound mind. I got a renewed mind. The Word of God did something. Oh, hallelujah. And I fell in love with the Word of God. Like the psalmist said, that Word is very pure. Therefore, thy servant loveth it. Like Job said, I esteem the words of thy mouth more than my necessary food. Like David said, I rejoice at thy Word as one that findeth grace spoil as Jeremiah said that words were found and added eat them and there were under the joy and the rejoicing of my heart Isaiah said the grass further the flower fades but the word of our God abideth forever our Lord Jesus said man should not live by bread alone but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God I'm talking about in that time God put a supernatural love in my heart for his word for his word his word his spirit in life. His word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two edges. How many of you love the word? Come on now. I'm talking about beloved. I love his word. I love his word. How many of you love the word of the Lord? Shout amen. I love it all. I said I love it all. How much of the word do you love? I'm talking about all the way from Genesis to Revelation. From genuine leather to maps. Amen. I love every one of the 66 books of the Bible. I love every one of the 1,000 and 189 chapters in the Bible. I love every one of the 54,960 verses in the Bible. I love every one of the 773,690 words in the Bible. His word is alive. Come on, shout amen. Hallelujah. You have to read through five times. The Lord says, why don't you begin to memorize it? I said, yeah, that's good. And God was healing my mind. Why don't you begin to memorize it? And I said, yeah, that's good. I said, where do I start? He said, at the beginning. <laughs> so I went back to Matthew chapter 1, verse 1 again. I said, oh, God. He said, what? Skip it. <laughs> and I dropped down to verse number 18. 
Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise, when his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph before they came together. She was found with child of the Holy Ghost, and Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not one to put up purely while he thought on these things. Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, and said, Joseph, fear thou not to take thee, Mary, thou, for thou conceived her of the Holy Ghost, and she could bring forth a son that should call his name Jesus, and all this and none that might be. And I memorized that chapter, that I memorized the entire book of Matthew, I memorized Ephesians and Hebrews and all kinds of stuff. Woo! I got his word down in my heart. Come on now. Oh, shout amen. This is my message. And after a month, they're reading the word, reading the word, reading the word, reading the word. Hello, at visitors for the first time. There's two groups that came to see me. There's a group who had the spirits, plural. My next door neighbor, Tommy, and my girlfriend, Paula. And there's the group that had the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. But I've been shutting with Jesus for a month, reading the Word. I came out and said, it's Jesus, it's Jesus, it's Jesus. I said, Tommy, you need Jesus. And Paula, I know you need Jesus. Come on. <laughs> they said, we love to stay. we got to go. Thank God they had to go. And the next day, Paula moved to California. There is a God. Come on now. <laughs> and he was there. And there. It was my Holy Ghost mama, my Holy Ghost daddy, and the pastor. We had vision time from, you know, 1230 to 2 o'clock. And I was like a sponge, said, tell me more, tell me more. I got to know more, tell me 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 more. And they were telling me more and more and more and more. And about 1.30, the pastor said, hi, glory to God, what you need? You need the baptism in the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues. And I said, mama's got it, daddy's got it. He said, you need it too. I said, I need, I need, I need. He said, do you want it? You want it? I said, yeah. I said, tell me about it. And he told me about the baptism I had received. And about 1.45 that Sunday afternoon, the three of them ganged up on me. Pentecostal style. I still have skin marks on the forehead. Look at there. Come on. What? And about that time, I started speaking in tongues. Woo! I rivers of living water bubbling out of my innermost being. Come on, yeah! Hallelujah! And at two o'clock, the buzzer goes off. He said, "Folks, vision time is not over." He said, "All oh, your visits quickly begin to exit this way." All your prisoners begin to line up against the ball over there. Now, not only was I speaking in tongues, and I tried to quit, but I couldn't quit. It was an autopilot. I looked at my mom, my dad, and the pastor, and I tried to say something in English, but it wouldn't come out. I said, Shandalele, Bokelele. Mom said, Yeah, we know we'll see you next Sunday. Come on out. <laughs> and on top of all of that, my God, Still speaking in tongues. You thought I'd been to a Rodney Hart Brown meeting. Come on, I was drunk in the Holy Ghost. And I just leaned against the wall over there. And we had to walk by this little guard. Little short, squat, fatty guard. Little like Buford D. Justice on Bandit. Come on out. <laughs> Anything strange or weird or out of place, it put him out of line. Here was shake ball. I'm all. I said I'm getting pulled out from here. And so here was I was getting closer and closer and closer. Pull him out. He's okay. He's okay. He took. Pull him out. He's okay. And I was about two away. I said, Help me, Lord. 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 Shake it, me, Lord. And I mean, he's standing there. I had to walk right by him. I knew I was going to get pulled out. Hit a big old arm full of Manila folders. Now all of a sudden, those folders went flying. I believe an angel got behind me and tapped those folders, and it went right on by. Come on out. How many of God's always going to make a way? Come on, shout amen. And I got back. I got back to the cell block. And I was sitting there in my bunk, started crying. Somebody said, are you crying? 
No, I'm not crying. I lied. Come on out. I mean, men don't cry in the cell block. Come on out. I got something in my eye. Come on out. And I just said there, I said, Lord, in the past month, you saved me. You deliver me. You heal my body. You fill me with the Spirit. God, you're so good to me. You're so good to me. God, what would you have me do for you? You ask him that question. If you're sincere, he'll take you up on it. Sitting in that bunk, I looked out that day about 300 men or so in that cell block. Who were they? They're murderers and rapists and thieves and arsons and politicians. Come on out. <laughs> and I didn't see murders and rapists and thieves and arsons and but I saw men that Jesus died for. And God just put some in the heart for the souls of men. And I said, God, you gotta touch them like you touched me. You gotta reach them like you reached me, God. My heart just started breaking with these men. Men have been there five, 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years or more, some of them. Some men never get out. I said, God, you gotta touch them like you touched me. He says, son, I want you to reach out for me to touch them. I said, God, I'm a nothing, I'm a nobody. He says, son, before you came from your mother's womb, I call you to preach the gospel. I call you to preach the gospel. I call you before, you pre- before you're born to be an evangelist to the nations. Will you preach my gospel? I said, Lord, I'm a nothing, I'm a nobody, I'm a nothing, I'm a nobody. I've got no education. I was kicked out of all four public high schools in Montgomery, Alabama. I was a mess. God, I'm a nothing. Is it good? I can use you then. Hallelujah. He says, son, I call you to preach. Will you preach my gospel? I said, Lord, I'm a nothing, but Lord, if you call me, I will. He said, I've called you to be an evangelist. Will you be an evangelist? I said, I will. He said, are you ready to start obeying me? I'm ready. I started saying, I'm called to preach. I'm an evangelist. I'm ready. I'm called to preach. I'm an evangelist. I'm ready. Guess what? I got out in five months. I got out in five months. Got out in five months. Got out on Monday, the first Monday of August of the year. Oh, I couldn't wait to go to church on Wednesday. I went to church on Wednesday night, and they were in the midst of a Holy Ghost service, a vegan speaker. His name was Pastor Eddie Barg. He pastored first assembly in Pensacola before your dad did, Janet. Eddie was there, and I never knew what was going on, but I was there. Hallelujah. He walked by me and laid hands on me. Whoa! And I, I just slain the spirit. Now, I've only got slain the spirit about four or five times in my life. Now, I won't give anybody a CD. That's a courtesy drop. Come on out. <laughs> but I, whoa, I thought, oh, my God, oh, yeah. And I was getting down to the floor. My pastor comes walking by. And I said, Pastor. I said, Body Lambert. I said, Bill Lambert. I said, I just got slain the spirit. He didn't slow down. He said, it's great that you're slain the spirit, but it's better that you walk in the spirit. Come on out. <laughs> but you see, there's a burning desire. And I had to get a job. Never had one in my life before that time. Come on out. I mean, street pharmacist does not count. Come on out. <laughs> but I got a job working for a great man there. I was making $125. Whoa. Not an hour. Not a day. A week. And the whole time, we had testimony services back in those days. Remember those days when testimony services were safe? Come on out. <laughs> And every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and uh, we're going to have testimony time. Pastor, who's got a testimony? Glory to God. Amen. And I jump up. I do a do. He said, what's your testimony, Danny? I said, he got a hold of me, and they won't let go. He got a hold of me, and they won't let go. I'm called to preach. I'm an evangelist. I'm ready. I gave that same testimony three times a week for eight months. 
but I was called to preach. And guess what? I had 13 months sentence, served five months, had eight months parole. I was just getting off parole. And he said on a Monday night, April the 1st, 1973, he said, everybody be back here on Wednesday night because Wednesday night we're going to have a special, special guest evangelist. I said, I wonder who he is. Maybe I can learn from him because I'm called to preach. I'm an evangelist already. He said, because Wednesday night, he said, Danny Johnston is going to preach his first sermon. I said, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Hallelujah. Woo. Wednesday night I get to the pulpit. He didn't make mention but first time to preach. He said, now evangelist, Danny Johnston, come and bring the word of the Lord. I get up there. My knees were knocking. They were having a fellowship meeting. Come on now. <laughs> Had about 47 pages of notes. I never got to my notes. But I preached for about 10 minutes. He got a hold of me. He'll get a hold of you. Come on down. Sound like the price is right. Come on down. And in spite of everything, I did or didn't do, the altar filled up. And I was more blessed than anybody was. And after the service, a man came to me. He said, young man, I said, yes, sir. He said, you're an evangelist. I said, yes, sir. He said, I appreciate you, sir. You may be young, but you're a seasoned man of God. <laughs> he said, he's like me. You could have preached an hour, I mean two hours, but you knew when to quit. <laughs> he said, just a moment ago, the Lord spoke to me to invite you to my church for revival. When he said that, I paused for a long moment. Come on down. And I said, Pastor, I said, what you must know is this. I am called to preach, but tonight's the first time I've ever preached in my life. He paused for a longer moment. Come on out. <laughs> he said, maybe so, young man, but I know the voice of God. He said, I asked you a moment ago, Master, now will you come to my church for revival? I paused. I said, yes, sir. He said, good. How long can you come for? Three or four weeks? They did it like that back in those days. I was saying, good grief. I've only got one sermon, my God. <laughs> and so, no, I'm telling you two things today. I may not get to my message. That's okay. I promise there's some good notes. I'll give them to you later. It's good stuff. <laughs> But he said, uh, three or four weeks. I was saying, what about three? He said, good. <laughs> and so for the next three weeks, you know, the rest of the month, I was going to start the revival on April the 29th, 1973, 48 and a half years ago. And I said, Lord, help me. He gave me all kinds of stuff to preach. So on that Friday before that, I went to my boss. I was making $125 a week. I said, Harry. I said, um, thank you for giving me a job, the only job I've ever had. I said, but today's my last day. He said, why? I said, I'm going full-time in the ministry. I'm going full-time in evangelistic ministry. He said, wonderful. How many churches have you got scheduled to go to? 20? I said, no. How many? 10? No. Five? No. How many? I said, one. <laughs> he said, well, go preach every revival and come back and work for me. Well, the next day, Saturday, I was down praying. I said, Lord, I've got one revival. God, open doors for me. God, please help me, help me, help me, Lord. I know there's nothing for me out there, but, 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 but. You ever got the, but God, but God, help me, but God, help me, but help me. He says, son, I'll always bless you if you'll obey me. There's two things to get a hold of. First of all, God wants you to be a lover of souls today. I've got a burning heart. For souls. God didn't call us to be keepers of the aquarium. He's called us to be fishers of men. Yeah, he didn't call us to be weep over those in the prison house of sin. He's called us to organize a jailbreak. Come on now. 
And I was down praying. He says, son, I'll open doors and I'll bless you if you'll obey me. I said, Lord, whatever, 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 whatever you ask of me, Lord, I will obey you. The doorbell rang. I went downstairs. Who was? It was my boss. He said, Danny, you told me you would never be back. And I didn't believe that. But in prayer a moment ago, in prayer a moment ago, the Lord said, he'll never, never be back. And I just want to bless you. I said, you do? He said, here, he gave me a check. It was folded about four or five times. Uh, open it up. Make sure he signed it. Come on out. Yeah. And uh, it was a check for $1,000. That's the first legitimate thousand I'd ever had in my life. Come on now. And I said, thank you, Harry. Thank you, brother. He said, I want to be a monthly partner. $5 a month back then. Come on now. Whoa, that's good. And so I was walking upstairs. had that guess, Lord. And I said, I can go buy some suits because I only had one suit. I was going for a three-week revival, had one suit, and it was shining through everywhere. But it did have two ties. Come on down. And I said, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Lord. He says, son. I said, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He says, son, you took me and always bless me, Lord. Whatever you asked me, I would do it for you, oh God. He said, great, son. On the way out of town, I want you to go by the church and give that $1,000 to the pastor for the building program. I said, get thee behind me, devil. <laughs> son, I said, Lord, have you got plan B? Well, I had to drive right by the church. No way getting around. Had to go by the church and went out of town. I was saying, maybe he won't be there. Maybe he won't be there. Guess what? He was there. But I gave it to the pastor. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night, a man came to me at the church, a little small, small, it's a bit a tiny country church, way out in the middle of the nowhere in you know, West Florida. I mean, so far back, did anybody get saved? Well, a few people got lost trying to get there. But, <laughs> but this man says, he said, Brother Danny, I said, yes, sir. I don't know how to say this. But I said, what is it, Brother? I've noticed you wear, you've wore the same suit every night for the past six services. Saying, uh, yes, sir. I said, but you know, it's the only suit I got. He said, not after tomorrow morning. I'm taking you shopping. And the next morning, he bought me seven of the finest, the finest, the best of the best suits and ties and shirts. Woo, come on now. And since that time, I've not missed ministering one Sunday unless something would happen. Take it off for a vacation, got snowed out, or like come here, hit a big old deer. Come on now. I couldn't preach Sunday in Houston. But anyhow, but, but since that time, God's been faithful. But you know, everywhere I've gone, I've been thankful to go coast to coast and around the world. I feel that Johnny Cash anointing coming on. I'm dressed in black. I preached everywhere, man. I preached everywhere. Oslo, Winslow, Buffalo, Tublo, Great Lake, Solar, Crater Lake, Crater Lake. I preached everywhere, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, I crossed the desert sands, man. I breathed the mountain air, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, come on. I'll sing it later. Come on now. How many just give me five more minutes? Five more minutes, ten minutes. Come on, five. Ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many of it's biblical for the man of God to say, and finally, and in conclusion? How I many that's biblical? You know that? You know that? It is. It is. How's that? In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, Paul says, and finally, brethren, then he went on for 14 more verses. Come on now. <laughs> but I'm so glad that God has provided for me. He's given me a burden for souls, and I've got a burning fire shut up within my bones. When I first started traveling, I lay, I lay by myself, IOF, ignorance on fire. I mean, I, back in the, when I first started traveling, I couldn't name the 66 books of the Bible. I couldn't name the 12 tribes of Israel. I couldn't name the 12 apostles of the Lamb. I did not know if it was pre-trib, mid-trib, or post-trib. I don't know what trib was. 
I didn't know what the Billy Goat and Dan was all about, nor the three frogs of Revelation. But I had a burning fire shut up in my bones. I knew beyond these walls this world was doomed and damned and dying and going to hell. And I had to go and tell. I had to go and tell. Don't you know that two-thirds of God's name is what? Go. First two letters of the gospel is what? Go. And I said, I got to go, got to go. And God's given me a burden for souls, 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 souls. I got to share this very quickly. Flying here Sunday afternoon to Texas. I love Texas. Hallelujah. The longest revival ever that I had was in Texas. Amarillo, Texas. First of all, you hear about Brother Robert Slayton. And yeah, Brother Slayton, five weeks. Went there one day, stayed five weeks. He had to straighten the church out after that. Come on. <laughs> but flying here, I came to Atlanta the other day. And uh, two things. Don't want to get off the plane with a guy sitting next to me. He, I looked at me, he said, I'm going to miss my GD. And he said, said the whole thing. I'm going to miss my GD flight because we're late. I said, excuse me, sir. He said, what? I said, God's last name is not, and I said, excuse me, I said, it's not, it's not damn it. I don't cuss, but for, for his sake, I said, God's last name is not damn it. God's last name is almighty. And don't ever forget it. His face turned red and green and purple. And he said, why don't you preach on my message? That was the message. Come on. <laughs> but I got off the plane, didn't realize where, but we landed at gate D30. Now, D30 may not mean a thing of the world to you, but it means so much to me. D30. Why is that? Because August the 21st of 1995, I just flew in Atlanta, Georgia, been flying all night. I took a red eye to Los Angeles. Got scared to death before we took off. I was sitting in first class, they bumped me up. And I was sitting next to one guy, and I said, I said, hello, they go, hola, hola. And he was a he was good old Spanish brother, kind of like Brother Roland is. And I said, he couldn't talk in English, just hola. I said, he kept saying, hola, hola, okay. And I sit there about the time, the door closed about this time, about three guys dressed in black. No, not Tommy Lee Jones, you know. Elizabeth. Then they, oh, they got on a plane. They kept walking down the aisle. Mm. He looked, one of them looked at me. He said, he said, Mr. Johnson, he knew my name by the manifest. He said, would you kindly unbuckle and uh, step back? And, and all three of them had their hands on a gun. Oh, my God, have mercy, Jesus. What have I done? <laughs> he said, back up. And they turned and the guy's name. He said, sir, he said, don't you dare move. Oh, God. He said, uh, and uh, they asked the two and for in front of us to back up and one of them over and double handcuffed him. Took him away. Oh my God. And he's having a fellowship meeting again. Come on now. Hallelujah. But now, how to get off on that? But things happen. But I flew that day from LA into Atlanta, Georgia, gate D30. And here it was, and I got a burn for souls. Remember this, God will always meet every financial need you've got. And God will what? Ooh, I got my SUV tottered out the other day. Guess what? Guess what I got blessed with yesterday? Somebody gave me an SUV. Come on, shout amen. <laughs> Isn't God good? <laughs> but so, and I sat down. I was tired. been traveling, flying all night from L.A. And, and so I sat down at gate D30. <sighs> and uh, there was five seats in this road. And I was, I don't want to know what I sitting on the end, but I sat down in the middle seat. And across from me, there was five guys there, the seats. And I looked at them and I sort of nodded a friendly hello. They nodded back. And the Lord says, tell them about Jesus. They don't have long to live. I said, Lord, I don't feel like talking right now. He said, tell them about Jesus. I said, Lord, 
I don't feel like witnessing my, is there a bit like that come on Giannis? I said, Lord, I'm going to take a nap. Because my flight was going to leave from the same gate about an hour later. But their flight was already being delayed. He said, tell them about Jesus. I said, Lord, he says, son, tell them about Jesus. Because they don't have long to live. I looked at men in the 30s and 40s, young men, young men. They look at pictures of health. And I said, my Lord, my Lord, my Lord. He said, son, tell them about Jesus. They don't have long to live. I said, Lord. I will, but you open the door. Because we, we don't want to burst out, hey, get right with God and go to hell. Come on out. <laughs> you need to turn to burn. I mean, I mean you got to have some finesse like Brother Rusty has. <laughs> or Brother Allen, hallelujah. Or Brother Sam or Brother Christopher. Or you know, different ones, Brother Greg. Especially Brother Eddie, Brother Mark. And I said, Lord, you open the door. And once in the, mid, in the middle, he said, where are you going today? I said, well, I'm going home to Virginia. I said, where are you going today? He said, well, we're going to Bluxy, Mississippi on business. I said, oh, business. What kind of business do you do? He said, well, he said, the five of us, we work for Exxon Oil. We're going to Bluxy for business. I said, oh. He said, what do you do for a living? That door, wow. <laughs> Whoa. I mean, wow. <laughs> I said, well, <laughs> I said, since 1973, I've been from coast to coast and around the world telling people about Jesus. Their eyes perked up. I said, tell people that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus paid the price for all mankind to be saved. Without Jesus, we're lost. You must be born again. And when I started talking, God said, well, they didn't get one word in. I just kept on, kept on. Woo! I mean, for about six or seven or eight minutes, whatever it was. I mean, I preached them a short but powerful. It was so good. I wish I'd had the CD myself. It was good. Wow. I mean, I preached for about, you know, and I, and, and I said, that's what I do. And as soon as I finished, the ages were now ready to board all rolls of this time for Biloxi. They reached down together, their briefcases over. I looked at them, I said, man, I said, if you don't know Jesus, make him the Lord of your life. One said, thank you, preacher. One said, you're right on. Appreciate that. Appreciate it. And those men, they, they turned, they're walking away. And I could see them as they're walking away, their backs walking out of sight. And God said, now pray for them because they don't have long to live. They walked away, and I didn't know what was going on, but I began to pray for them. I didn't know them. I said, Lord, get a hold of those men's heart. Get a hold of those men's heart. Get a hold of them men's heart. A little while later, we boarded my plane and took off for Virginia. My wife picked me up at the airport in Virginia. I threw the stuff in the back seat. She said, baby, I'm glad that one, your plane, the crash. I said, what plane? She said, there's a Delta connector going from Atlanta to Biloxi. It crashed in a Georgia farm field, and all were lost. But I believe to this day, somehow, some way, before that plane went down, the pilot said, you better brace yourself. We're going down. I'll be those five men said, I may go down now, but I want to go up with Jesus. Jesus, get a hold of my life. When you see church, let's keep that desire to serve him. Come on now. Realize he'll meet every need you've got. He'll meet every need you've got. Come on, shout him. How many just give me two more minutes now? Come on now. Close with this. Be a soul winner. Meet every need. I traveled for, after I started in the ministry, I traveled for three and a half years. After three and a half years, the Lord says, son, son don't you go to Bible college? I said, Bible college? I'm too busy in the kingdom, the venue of the Lord. He says, son, I want you to go to Bible college. I said, for what? He said, there's some stuff you need to be straightened out of. Come on now. <laughs> He said, plus, son, you're never wasting your time or you're sharpening your axe. Yeah. I said, Lord, where? I brother Rusty, go to Ramah. 
go to Christ of the Nations, go to this one. He said, I want you to go to Southeastern Bible College, Lakeland, Florida. I said, Lord. I said, I can't go. He said, why not, son? I said, I'm broke. I'm broke. I'm broke. I mean, back in those days, it took $2,000 per semester. $1,000 up front and the second thousand before you took your final exams. I put two kids through college. You know, they both graduated the master's, you know, from Virginia Tech. Guess what? It cost a lot more than that. Come on now. <laughs> and so I said, Lord, I'm broken, broken, broken. I've got nothing, zero, nothing, not a zilch. And so here was on a Wednesday. I went to the mailbox. I was living in my mama's house at the time. My dad was in heaven. And I said, Lord, he said, son, you go to Bible college. Open the mailbox and there was a, something for me. Open it. It was a check for $100. Woo, glory to God. Woo. Glory to God. That was on Wednesday. I went to church that night. There's a missionary there, my friend Charles Greenaway. And uh, the Lord says, I want you to bless him with $100. I said, get thee behind me, devil. <laughs> and so all I had was $100. But I gave him the offering. But I needed at least 1000 before I started school the following Tuesday. Come on now. And guess what? Oh, I went to the mailbox the next day. And guess what was in there? Come on. Anybody know what happened? What was there? What was there? Nothing. <laughs> I went to the mailbox on Friday. Guess what was there on Friday? Nothing. And here was Friday, late Friday afternoon. The Lord says, son, I want you to go to the Friday night's senior women's Bible study. I said, do what? Go to the Friday night's senior women's Bible study. There's nothing but a bunch of blue hairs there. Come on now, Lord. <laughs> and I said, well, maybe one of them will bring their granddaughter. Come on now. <laughs> And so I went down there. I never been to the Friday night senior women's Bible study. And there was about 25, you know, 30 ladies there. And I, was, I said, what am I doing here? My God. And when the, and the lady, you know, the, she said, folks, we've never done this on a Friday night. We've never, never done it. But I feel led the Lord to obey God. Can I obey God? About Amen. Now, there's somebody here, and you've got an urgent need. You've got an urgent need. Folks, I'm not going to mention the name. But trust me, God told me they've got an urgent need. I want everybody to come and just bring an offering, your very best offering. Trust me, bring the offering right here at the communion table. They brought her there. She counted it on the spot. It was $777, 777 she said, Danny Johnson, God said, this belongs to you. Oh, I shouted. Come on now. I went and got it. Hallelujah. Went back, sat down. I was sitting down for just a moment. And by that time, the lady behind me, Dr. Mary Stuart Ralph, doctor, she wrote books like The Day Your Dollar, The Dollar Fails, and so forth. Mary tapped me on the shoulder. I turned around. She said, Danny, are you at liberty to tell me what your need is? I said, well, Mary, the Lord's told me and talked to me to go to Bible college. And I'm believing for the financial wherewithal to go. She said, well, God will provide. I'm going to believe she tapped me in the shoulder again. And she said, here. She gave me a check about four, three or four times. Guess what I did? I looked at it, made sure she signed it. Come on now. It was a check for $1,000. And she said, every month you're in my book college, I'm going to send you $1,000 a month. I've been taking correspondence courses now for the past, you know, <laughs> 45 years. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, just kidding. But God made a way, God made a way, God made a way, God made a way. Now, trust me, I had some good notes. <laughs> but I'm here to say this. Let us awake. Remember what God has done for us. Let us awake. Know what God is doing within us. Let us awake and realize what God's going to do. And church, I love you. I honor you. I bless you. And I'm so glad we've been here this week. Hallelujah. And I believe tonight, we've had what, how many rounds so far? My God, it was about eight rounds so far tonight. 
with Brother Mark. It's going to be knockout round. Hallelujah. <laughs> so get ready. I love you. I bless you. Would you raise your hands, church? Father God, I pray right now that you'll get every person here a desire to put you first. Just begin to play, Brother Frank, in the key of H. The key of H. Hallelujah. That's for hallelujah. That's for Hosanna. That's for Holy Ghost. That's for help me, Lord. Hallelujah. Ooh. Hallelujah. Just begin to play. Yeah. The Lord is here. Raise your hand. Hallelujah. The healer's in the house. The healer's in the house. Hallelujah. The healer. I'm not going to have you come forward, but I hear the Lord saying right there, God is touching your bones, your skeletal structure right now. Your bones are being healed. Your bones are being healed. Your bones are being There's some nasal problems right now. The nasal passages are being healed. Look at me. Look at me. Open your eyes. Raise your hands, sweetheart. There it is. Yeah, raise your hands. God is touching you right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The pressure. Hallelujah. The upper part of your chest. And also the basher cerebellum around the back area. God is touching you right now. You're being released. Hallelujah. 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 Honey, raise your hands up right there in the red jacket. Raise your hands up, honey. God is touching you right now. I don't know what's going on, but the Holy Ghost that is touching your blood right now. He's touching you. Hallelujah. Your circulatory system has been healed right now in the name of Jesus. If you believe that, come on, shout amen. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Your feet are being healed, hallelujah. Right now, God said the nerves in the bottom of your feet are being healed right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Honey, raise your hands up right now. The healer, he's touching you right now. Hallelujah. Oh, there's a disorder right there. Is that right, honey? Is that, yeah, that's right. Right now, there's a disorder in the Lord's testament area. But the Holy Ghost said right now, oh, you're being healed. You're being, oh, hallelujah. There's a disorder in the, in the area. And also the, in your blood. The God said your blood has been healed. And the problems of the blood is causing the disorder right now in this testament. You're being healed right now in the name of Jesus. Come on, shout amen. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. I can keep on going for about an hour. The healer is in the house. Come on, shout. Oh, hallelujah. Give the Lord a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Woo. Hallelujah, I love you. Pray for me, church. Pray for me. Some of you know, most of you know my wife, the love of my life, my best friend, my sweetheart. For 30 some odd years, she passed away 11 years ago. But I got reconnected with my best friend in Bible college. Back in December, 10 months ago, I've flown down to see her about 15 times. Her husband passed away. They traveled for 17 years. 28 years ago, they started a church in Fairhope, Alabama. She's a senior pastor there now. She's a powerhouse for God. I told a couple of people here. When she was 27 years old, she was attacked with five major diseases in her body at one time. She was attacked with lupus, the worst case of lupus kidney failure. W pneumonia, they pumped out over 50 pounds of fluid from her body. Over 20 times the family was called and said she will be dead before the hour's up. For two years she's weaving in and out of a coma. She shriveled up to about 60 to 70 pounds, nothing. One time she got better, she went home. Her husband called the hospital says she's choking again, the fluid's coming up. They said you got a tracheotomy and hurt yourself. He said I'll leave his tracheotomy. The landline tucked her in his arm, hold her upside down so that she wouldn't choke on that. He did a tracheotomy on her, takes her back. She goes back and then she's attacked with shingles, the worst case of shingles ever recorded in Florida. External, the doctor said it looked like leprosy, like a walking corpse, and also internal shingles. And then she was attacked with a flesh-eating virus that started eating away at her throat, her vocal cords, her esophagus, 
The doctor said, we got to remove your vocal cords. She shriveled up to nothing. And she couldn't talk. She's a powerful psalmist, powerful singer, powerful praise and worship leader. And she, you know, over two years, every day, she would say, I am the healed of the Lord. Every day, she said, I will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Every day, she was confessing, honey, you may go through for a day or two or three, but keep on, keep on, don't give up. I got to remove your vocal cords. Got to remove your vocal cords. He calls the husband to the hallway, says, there's nothing we can do. She'll be gone. They come back to the room. She's gone. She's back. She goes back to a coma. A little while later, the fleshy environment eats away entire vocal cords. He called her a walking corpse. She said, eight brothers and two sisters. Big family. Her mom and dad were busy. Come on now. <laughs> and her first sister comes in there who's married to a pastor. The doctor said, you can't. You can't touch her. You got to wear a glove, gloves to your elbows and a gown to, to the feet and a mask and a shield. You can't touch her, can't get around her. They'll walk in her. So just, I don't care what he said. God said, lay hands on the sick. They lay hands upon her. They said, like thunder, like lightning. <laughs> it hurts so loud in there. <laughs> All of a sudden, that bed starts jumping up and down. Legs, and sits up out of the bed. Sits up out of the coma, starts speaking in tongues so loud that her at the furthest of the hallway. The doctor comes in. What's going on? What's going on? She's praising God. You're crazy. She has no vocal cords. He looks down her throat. He said, her esophagus. Her esophagus and her throat's as smooth as a baby's bottom, not one scar. And she's got brand new vocal cords. Come on now. And God heals her. God heals her. That's my sweetheart. And we have set a date, but we plan to get married. <laughs> Her husband passed away a year and a half ago, and but I love you, church. I love you. I bless you. Tell somebody, say, the best is yet to come. <laughs>